Hello and welcome to the Black Women Working Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. So just a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter and Instagram um, and our social media handle. Chantel, can you help me out? Because I'm at BWWPodcastUK <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you can find us by searching Black Women Working on LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. And we do also have a lovely website, which is www.blackwomenworking.co.uk. Is that right? Yeah, babes. I feel like it, I just I, I just feel like I used to get it so wrong in season one. Like I now have anxiety. You're traumatized. Yeah, you're traumatized. I get, I'm like you know. I'm trust yourself, babes. Trust yourself. I'm gonna bring it up with my therapist, and, and we're gonna get. <laughs> but um perfectionist you just want to get it right all the time first time and you know if I'm just looking at the zoom and I'm just like oh you know I'm you know you're just anxious because that's what you lot have done to me the first season if you go back and listen you to lot. it you Chantel you you Chantel you you were not easy to me when I was getting it wrong you were not you were not but anyway the main point of the dialogue that we're having here is that we want you to follow, like, subscribe, engage with us. Um, and I'm really, really excited today because we're doing something a bit different. We're bringing you um, a slightly different format. You know, I love changing up the game. And this is officially the first episode of our Founders Edition format. Um just a little bit of background about why we wanted to go down this route. Um, Black women, as you probably are aware, are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs globally. So it's not just in the UK, US, um, across Europe as well. And so it's only right that we talk about it, talk about our experiences, um, starting and running our own businesses, raising funds, all kinds of things. And it also gives us an opportunity to learn about businesses run by Black women that we can also support. Um, I don't know. Do you feel, Shan, like there's a freedom in running like your own business? I feel like sometimes that is the dream to say that you you work for yourself. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if I'd say it's the dream. It's some some dreams. Some dreams. I, th- I yeah. think I think we take I think we do take for granted that running your own business, you are everybody. Mm. And I, I myself have set, have set up a social enterprise in the past, and you're the you're the accountant, the salesperson, the marketer, the social media guy, the the researcher, the everything. everything. Okay. So it can be difficult, but mm-hmm. but in terms of the freedom that it allows, in terms of being able to explore and demonstrate and showcase your passions, mm-hmm. and you know even logistical freedom around not being confined to certain hours, certain location, and then of course how you're treated in the workplace, one hundred percent. Yeah, but then I think black. Okay, women, okay. Wait, no, 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 no. Okay, we've always You're been entrepreneurial. This. We've always been entrepreneurial. It's just that the words are now being used. Oh, she's an entrepreneur. Oh, she's got a side hustle. Okay, right. auntie's always selling bread okay. at church. Next sermon. Next, save the sermon for yeah. Sunday. Don't be rude, <laughs> Natalie. The reason I'm cutting you off is because we have an amazing guest um, who we want to speak to. Is going to be our first guest. Um, for our founders edition um, she is the founder of Cobra Skincare and we are so privileged to speak to Therese um, Bungubaya the founder of Cobra Skincare I just want to welcome you to the podcast thank you so much for joining us today how are you? Oh thank you for having me I'm really honoured to be here um, for your first uh, first episode of this session that's so exciting well done you. Oh um, thank you. <laughs> I don't get told well done a lot, so I'm glad to hear it. 
Um, so let's get straight into it. Um, do you want to just tell us about Coba? Um, what was the inspiration behind like launching your own line of skincare products? Yeah, so one thing about me is I have very dry skin. I've always had very dry skin, especially um, on what I call my edges, my cheeks, my hands, and my lips. And over time, it really grew to become an insecurity. So I would be very nervous about showing my feet in public. I know it sounds silly, but, you know, going to a yoga class, being set to somebody who is obviously at some point going to look at your feet and you have dry feet, dry skin, hot skin, mm. you have cracks on your heels, doesn't look good. But it looks like you're not really taking care of yourself, which was yeah. really not the case. Same thing when you go to have a pedicure and you get questioned about, oh, when was the last time you did the pedicure? Well, last month. <laughs> but, you know, so it, 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 I just didn't want to be in this type of situation where I just had to justify myself all the time. And, yeah. you know, summertime you wear sandals, your heels on display, you want to look good. So it just started to affect a little bit my confidence or my ability to, you know, just be out there and just enjoying the moment. I was just like constantly thinking about my stupid feet, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I've worked in the beauty industry for a long time. So I got exposed mm. to a lot of products. I got a chance to try so many, uh, but I didn't find something that was working for very dry skin like mine mm. um, and something that will really smooth um, the skin make it very subtle and, and soft Um while having nice texture, a nice fragrance, and a cool packaging. That I just didn't find it. And yeah, I don't know, like when you when you think about face body, you have so mm. much on the market. And these these areas, especially feet, uh, they get a bit underestimated in the beauty uh, industry, which I think was a shame and um, a missed opportunity to be honest. So I saw that as a gap in the market to uh, to come up with a, a a product which was a bit unique and that would really stand out and on the on the on the food care segments at least. And I just decided that I would launch my own food cream. So it yeah. all started with that food cream. Yeah. And then I just extended my my findings and my you know. Uh, my takeaway from what I've noticed on the on the food care segments to the other dry areas of my body, so the ends and the lips. And the more I was talking to people and more researches I was, you know, doing, I, I just thought there was something that could be done for people with really dry skin. Um, so the range is for everybody because everybody needs uh, hydration, but it was really created with people with dry skin and very dry skin in mind um so that's how it all started really yeah because I know there's pressure I remember being young and if your feet are dry your hands are dry you just feel like the most unkempt person especially if someone at school was like why are your hands so dry or for me when I was younger mm -hmm. my lips were always just so dry I don't understand to this day I don't know what happened I have to talk to my mom about it but I can just imagine that, like, you're going... Because to be fair, I feel like the people who do your pedicures can be a bit cheeky anyway. Like, it doesn't matter when you laugh at a pedicure. They just need to do your feet. But um, there is, like... I, I feel like when you have dry feet or dry hands, you just don't feel, like, kempt. Like, you just don't feel good about yourself. I remember 
I went on a date with this guy and um, he said that he was looking at the back of my foot to see if it was dry. And that's how he was going to determine if he took me on another date because he just couldn't date a woman with dry feet. So it's, oh, no way. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm not joking. So I, I'm just trying to empathise and say that I know how important it is. I've got first-hand experience, black woman to black woman. But yeah, that, that I understand that and I'm here for it 100%. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting about your about your brand is that and please correct me if this is wrong but covert does it mean turtle in congolese it does yes it means turtle in lingala which is one of okay, the lingala. languages yeah and so like that to me was just like a major sign that it's not just a like a product to you but it's more that your whole culture is embedded in in this skincare line like how how is important is it for you to have your culture feature as a main part of the COVID skincare line? So when I started working on COBA, for me, um, uh, I needed, so I knew what I wanted to do, having this, offering this uh, range of products, focusing on your body's extremities, your mm. edges, uh, very nourishing and hydrating. Um, but I wanted to use a special ingredients Mm. because as we all know it's a crowded market uh cosmetics uh products and i needed to find something to stand out a little bit from the crowd mm. and i was talking to my mom about it and we uh, because my mom is a my, my mom is a chemist uh, oh, okay. so is my dad actually oh wow and they're they pharmacists uh so i was talking to to my mom about finding a special ingredient to use in all my uh, products. And we looked at very different ones from jojoba oil, baobab oil, um, so many different oils. I love oils, so I wanted the, the base of the formula mm. to be uh, oil. And at some point, she just mentioned safu oil. Um, I knew safu growing uh, up because it's a fruit that we are using Congolese cuisine all the time. But I didn't know all the properties of the fruit itself. And then I made a lot of researches to find out that it was, you know, rich in fatty acid, in amino acid, vitamin E, vitamin C, which gives it high um, antioxidants, anti-aging, anti-septic, and antibacterial properties. And not only is it good for your skin uh, to slow down the aging, to make it really soft, uh, but it's also good for your hair. So it's quite a versatile product, you know, ingredients. And I... I was so, you know, intrigued by it and blown away that it was so good, but not ex mm. ex used that much in, in the beauty industry that I thought, okay, that's it. But I, because I, mm. I, I basically decided to use Safu as my main ingredients and Safu coming from Africa and you can find Safu fruits in Congo, I just wanted, you know, this Congolese or African heritage to to be a part of a brand and the branding and and so the name you know yeah no I really appreciate it because I just think that especially in such a competitive market there's loads of different skincare products and so it gets to a point where it needs to have a bit more of a personal like a personal story a specific story and I think the idea that we can take especially as black women parts of our culture and put it into what we produce and offer to society as a whole is actually, yeah, actually quite amazing. 
Yeah. And for me, it really tells the story of, of my my family. I mean, this started with uh, with me brainstorming with my mom uh, on this uh, on this range of product. And now I'm working with my dad on actually producing our own safu oil in Congo. So, you know, we bought lands there and we are we are planting trees and oh, wow. trees. So from, you know, like one range of product, it has now become this uh, big, uh, big family uh, business. I mean, big That's in the amazing. sense that. I know what <laughs> you mean, but big, it's like yes. a big project, like everybody, everybody's involved. Yeah. That's everybody's amazing. And, and now my, my dad is like, you know, researching about how to grow trees. And yeah, it's it's really, it's it's really, uh, it's fun. And, and it also gave me the opportunity to spend more time in Congo, yeah. which for me was really important. So now I go twice a year as an adult when I actually didn't go that often when I was younger. That's for kids. I think that that does lead us into one of our other questions around um, the product before we get into like the nitty gritty of business, which is like, how does the concept of the original idea of Koba coming from the idea of dry feet, how does that, the, the product that was in your mind translate to the product that we're holding now and possibly the ones in the future. So, you know, we've mentioned the foot cream, but um, you kindly did send us other products as well. So how has the range changed from the beginning to now and, and in the future also? So I think once I had a clear vision for what I wanted to to tackle, you know, what, what what problem I wanted to tackle and what solution I wanted to offer, I just started to talk to other uh, skincare entrepreneurs, you know, brand owners, just to uh, to have their, their opinion on the, you know, the actual range, the ingredients, and, you know, see if they were excited about it. And because they've done it before, they, you know, they, they know exactly, like, how labs and, and all the third parties involved in launching a business are going to react. So that was very interesting conversation I was having with them. Um, I, and, and one of the feedback I had was, it's good to have a product. You know, if you want to have your food cream being like mm. the disruptive product in the food care segment, that's great. But you need more than one product. Uh, even for when you go to talk to stores, you can't go into a store like with just like one product. Even now, I have three products, and everybody's asking me for more. When it's really three is uh, not enough. To... <laughs> it's a good start, but you know, I think it's important that you have uh, a wider offering because mm. you're not going to to talk to enough people if you only have three products. I get it. Yeah, I think although like I think everybody should use a foot cream. I know that's. If I only offer a food cream, I'm not going to uh, to to attract everybody. If I start having a product for the hands and product for the lips and a, a body balm or body lotion, you know, I'm starting to uh, to talk to a larger audience. So when it, it, it translates into uh, you know more sales, more sales opportunity for stores and even for me as a business. So, but it was quite important to grow as a as a range, but also. Um, uh, yeah, I, the ingredient I use is quite versatile, so I can use it for the skin, but I can use it for the hair. That's exactly so what I was going to say. I'm like, <laughs> cover hair, cover. 
<laughs> but now I'm focused on the skin and that's like, you know, what I really like, what I know best and uh, where, you know, I have the, the better experience, mm-hmm. I think. But of course, I'm going to explore other territories and hair mm-hmm. care is definitely one. Definitely, definitely. And as you mentioned, like what um, businesses are looking for or retailers are looking for when they're stocking your products. So you've mentioned having a range. Um, you know, I myself know a few people in the, the sort of skincare wellbeing range. And one of the things that have popped up a lot is the idea of sustainability. Mm. And um, we're interested to know, like, how are you able to build sustainability into your business, in your products, in a way that's um can it be consistent is it a factor because i know it's it's a it's an appealing factor for funders for retailers at the moment is it something you've considered in cobra yes of course so i started working on cobra in what 2020 october 2020 so almost two years and for me building a skincare brands nowadays you can't there are like certain things that you can't not do. So the concept of sustainability was at the core of, uh, you know, of uh, of the brands from day one. And it was also part of uh, of my pitches when I was, you know, approaching labs. So they knew exactly, you know, what I wanted to do, work on with clean packaging, uh, being very selective uh, with the type of ingredients we worked with, we incorporate into our formulas that, you know, are safe, that are not tasted on animals. So the brand is vegan, the brand is cruelty-free. And I think we have to understand also that from the entrepreneur point of view, sustainability has a cost, definitely. And I think that's something that people don't really realize. Um, It's not not just marketing and not just words. I mean, it's actually cheaper to do a business which is not sustainable than doing one which is sustainable because when you look at uh, selecting the type of packaging you're going to uh, to uh, to develop for your for your brand me personally i use um, aluminium tubes for my creams and they have a much higher minimum order quantities than other materials like plastic you know so i'm as an entrepreneur making a decision but I'm going to spend more to have cleaner packaging. So, yeah, it is like at the core of the business, but it has an impact on my PNL for sure. So, yeah, I just want you know to reinforce that because I think it's, yeah. it's a bit wrong to just think that, yeah, it's pure marketing. And us as a, as a business, we are also part of um, the 1% for the Planet uh, program, which was launched by uh, Patagonia. And that, again, was a decision that I've made really early on in the process uh, of launching COBA. So we are committed to give 1% of our annual sales to 1% of the planet, no matter what. <laughs> so even you know, from, day, from, from day one, year one, we're going to do that. So again, it's a, it's a, it's a big commitment, uh, which has a big impact on my, my PNL. But for me, it's, a, it's important that we do it. Especially because we use ingredients that comes from, you know, forests in Africa. So I want mm. to give back 
somehow. Uh, so that was a good first step. Eventually, long term, I also want to be involved uh, in in Congo um, and make sure that we uh, we develop local project there. So at the moment, we you know we also we're already working with like small producers um, in Congo, and I'm going there next month again to uh, to work on uh, our first batch of uh, uh, oil. But it's not going to, going to come from our own sapu trees, but we are starting to work with our producers. So, you know, we, we try to do things well, and but they have a cost. Yeah, and I think people appreciate that because there's a lot around people when consuming being intentional consumers. And so I feel like when people hear the story of Koba and what you're trying to achieve above and beyond providing really good skincare, there's more incentive incentive for them of people like me to support you because it's it's it goes beyond the product that I'm holding in my hand and there's a bigger purpose to it and I think again I like to say the word amazing I think that is amazing and I think as we get to a place as consumers where we become more intentional so for example trying to use independent businesses rather than jumping on Amazon for everything trying to yeah. to think about the imprint in the world and how we can direct our resources to support people who are doing the right things to create a better planet for us our children our grandchildren um i'm really sure that people kind of come and support you with that especially black women and we do what i also like is it's not just about you know i've typically I think one of the pros of being your own boss is is the hiring process you can hire Mm. people that you want and sometimes that means hiring people who are akin to you but I think what I like about what you've said is it's not just about like the shiny in inverted commas business side that we're doing Mm. in the western world it's also that you're able to give back business back to your own people and that is Mm. such a beautiful thing and it's so important um and you know it's really easy for founders not easy I would say it's a decision that founders make in terms of production. You know, we're hearing a lot about going back to going over to the eastern part of the world, to, you know, China, Korea, Bangladesh, to get what effectively will maximize the profit margins. But, you know, so we have to take the whole ecosystem into account in if we're really going to raise the profile <laughs> of black business and black entrepreneurship. So I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been doing some research on you um as we do and um we also saw that you kind of um as part of kind of getting ready to bring the product you crowdfunded using I think it's pronounced is it Hilaly is that how you say it do you know what I didn't do French GCSE and every time someone I pronounce a French word completely wrong I just say that I was forced to do German GCSE and so I can only apologize. But yeah, I was really interested just to hear about um hear about your journey and how that process was for you. Cause I think one of the big things for people who do want to be founders is okay, I have this brilliant idea, but like how I can't afford to get it off the ground with my own finances. I believe in it. Um, how can I raise money? And so I, I thought it'd be interesting just to talk about, you know, your thought process behind that, how you found that platform and what your experience of using crowdfunding as a way to to support your business, how that was for you? Sure. Um, so, as you said, I did this uh, campaign, this pre-sale campaign uh, that was mm-hmm. in November and December 2021. Mm-hmm. So, 
six or eight months before launching uh, Coba uh, in the UK and in France. And for me, it was a good way to test my um, my proposal. So I didn't get, I didn't give uh, equity in exchange of money from uh, from you know people on on the crowdfunding platform. What I did was giving the giving people the possibility to pre-order mm. my products before they hit the shelves, ah, okay. before they are launched on the website and use that money uh, to pay for the first batch of products. But it doesn't cover all the costs. I would say it covers between mm. 20 and 30% of the cost. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is a really good help anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's so... You know, it's it's a validation of a concept. Mm. It's obviously money that you will normally make on your website or once your life, yeah. but you make it before, so it's uh, you know you can you can start paying your bills with it, mm. and it's um it's very motivating and uplifting to you know when you yeah. when you basically have people believing in what at that stage was just a concept, a great homemade video that I did with my friends and just mock-ups of my products mm. and I had a target of 200 uh, order you know to 200 products sold and mm. in the course of what five or six weeks we sold over 500 wow which you know was a really good yeah. start for me I was very happy about this was that um, sales from individuals or or yeah. retailers as well just individual no consumers. individuals yeah. Wow. So basically what you do is you just explain, you create this page where you explain your concept and you just create assets, including a video uh, that doesn't have to be fancy at all. I actually think that the more authentic it looks and the better it is because yeah. it resonates more with, with people. And it's really about telling your story and explaining people how you're going to use the money they're going to 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 give you um, by pre-ordering the products, and yeah, I, I think it's it's a great way to go to market. Yeah, it's quite a yeah, it's a soft launch basically. Because I feel it's like making it, a soft launch. Yeah, because I feel like it must be intimidating to to get everything ready, get it prepared, order pre-order the products and then open shop on day one, not knowing how people really feel. Like this is probably the best type of market research that you could ever do. So I think that is phenomenal. Yeah, it's great. And and it means that you have these people who are so excited about receiving mm. your products as soon mm. as you're ready. And then you have this 500 something product which are already in bags, in back rooms, being used by real customers who become your yeah. first uh, brand ambassadors. And, you know, I already have a lot of them reordering. So yeah. I'm basically oh, like working on my repeat uh, rates, you know, oh. even before I know it. So it's great. I, I will really, uh, I will strongly, um, <laughs> I will strongly recommend it. Yeah, and, and like, a good thing for me. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, and I think that was something I I wanted to do from from day one, especially because when you launch a cosmetic product, you have lots of 
quiet downtime because mm. you're waiting for your lab to send you some some samples to try yeah. or you're waiting for your panel of testers to give you feedback and it was a good way to get going you know get started um and not just uh sit and and wait for things to to happen no i like it i like it so um there is one thing that i would like to ask you um two last questions um the first one is obviously quite personal so or you can give as much detail as you want, but what does success for COBA look like to you? Um, I would say, that's so interesting what you said at the, the start of our conversation about, you know, uh, lacking of confidence sometimes just because you mm-hmm. have dry feet. So I, I will be very happy to be able to maybe not change, but improve people's confidence. Just because they are not worried about the dry areas of their bodies, you know? They can mm. just enjoy the moment, enjoy that date, <laughs> enjoy <laughs> that yoga class. Just wear these uh, sandals and, you know, go and hit the dance floor. Just yeah. this and having, uh, make, you know, knowing that we have an impact, yes, on... On, on the confidence or in the life that's like that's for me is a big win already um and i would be very happy if coba becomes one of the leading brands in the in the food care segments oh brilliant uh, you know uh, yeah a brand that is here to stay at least yeah um and i know that today there is a lot of pressure about I know when I when I started working on yeah. Koba, people were asking me, so what is your what is your goal for Koba? Yeah. I didn't really have a goal. I, I was convinced that I was doing something that was needed. Mm. Um but my goal was never to sell the company, you know, within uh, two uh, years yeah. of being live on the market, but make this big exit and raise ton of money from investors or do IPO like the fastest I could. That has never been my my ambition. I think it's okay to just have a, you know, um, a profitable business that is making uh, good, doing good, mm. you know, uh, improving people's lives or confidence. That's, and then especially if, you're, if you love what you do and, you know, it's really your passion. I think it's worth uh, pursuing. So yeah. for me, that would be a, a great uh, definition of success. No, yeah. I know you said that was your last question, but I just just would need to chip in on that. I love I love that goal or that what success looks like. But I just want to ask, like on a on a practical sort of business side, how easy is it to convey that message, that purpose, that vision? You know, the the truth behind the culture, and to hear a brand say our goal or success looks like women being more confident. How easy is it to communicate that in your branding and in your marketing? Oh, that's, a, that's a tough question. Yeah, very that's, tough. You know, every day I think about that. Um, how do you make sure that people understand what you're trying to do? And I think you need to stay simple and be authentic. Um, I know it sounds very, uh, you know, mm. easy to say like this, but 
even in the way you communicate on social media and your newsletter, I think if you keep it very personal, people understand that there is a real person behind the brand who is talking about real issues and who understands uh, our audience and seems really approachable. And, you know, like, it's almost like we are a community. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I, I want to make this conversation about confidence, well, body confidence and talking about feats very normal conversation. I want to normalize talking about this. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I just think it's uh, you need to be consistent. You need to be consistent and have mm. the same message and tell it you know over and over again. And and yeah, just try to be uh, simple and and authentic. Good. Mm. Okay. So. Even though Shan snuck in an extra question, this genuinely is our next question. And as, as I said at the beginning of this episode, this is our first kind of founders audition, um, not audition, edition. And um, we're going to have someone else on after you. And I just wanted to know, and we plan to do this at the end of every episode, is like, what question do you want us to ask the next Black woman founder that we speak to? Um oh that's a good one. Uh I I think what keeps mm-hmm. her going in moments of doubt. You know mm, that's a good question. Yeah. We all have our bad days and moments where we're almost like losing faith and so what keeps you going, you know? That would be a that would be a very interesting to know from other founders, I think. All right. So and also, any... can I ask? Can I add another one? If you can ask two questions, maybe. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say maybe what is the main takeaway from their journey as a, an entrepreneur? Nice. Okay, can I flip that on you? What is your main takeaway? Because that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah, you said last question. I know. I lied. <laughs> um. I would say, well, so many, but I think the main two ones for me would be, first, don't be scared to ask questions to people who have done what you're trying to do before. Because we always think, oh, I'm just going to bother them. Um, But actually, no, I think people are quite happy to help you Mm. if you show that you're quite serious about what you're doing and obviously you're not like asking for you know (laughs) uh, a day of free training but um, (laughs) just like 30 minutes of conversation with someone they are always happy to do that and that's what I did at the beginning uh, of this project Um, I just called you know other beauty entrepreneurs and and they gave me really precious advice. Um, the second one I would say is don't compare yourself to other yeah. businesses or founders, and which is very difficult to uh, to do nowadays because of you know social media. There's so much pressure to be you know as successful as possible as quickly as possible. Mm. I think sometimes it's uh, it's okay to you know you do you. And as I say, as long as you stay consistent, you stay real, authentic, approachable, like people can really feel 
that they will they can relate to what you're saying, I think it will work. It might take more time, but it will definitely work at some point. So yeah, it, it is difficult because you're always being like, oh, oh, this one is doing that, and oh, this founder is doing that, and oh my gosh, I can't believe like we launched at the same time and you're already there, and I'm just here. It is uh, it is hard, but. Uh, it's important to uh, just go uh, at your own path. Yeah, I think that's... Oh, sorry, go on, Shan. No, I was going to say, you've shared two takeaways, but throughout this conversation, there's definitely more that has been gained from that. And, you know, I've definitely heard from you in terms of just linking to the whole comparison thing about the way in which you utilise your network. And whilst that was one of your sort of takeaways about asking questions and leaning into people but you know you've mentioned your family you've mentioned your friends you've spoken about the crowdfunding that you did for your early adopters before you even launched and so um in not comparing ourselves we we also should think about you know utilizing the assets that we have which you've really clearly shared yeah. some good examples for us as well yeah so that's no, reading the word of what you're doing is important because you will get people excited. I know mm. that sometimes you're like, oh, I, I just really want to just do what I do by myself so I don't get uh, criticized or, or, you know, people are going to tell me not to do it for that and that reason. But I think it is it is important to talk about it because you will see how people are excited about what you do mm. more than, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the opposite. And that will really keep you motivated. Um, and that will yes. just also validate your concepts, you know, like, oh, if people are excited, it means that, you know, people eventually will buy my service or my my product and talking to other uh, entrepreneurs about it because they have a lot of advices to, advice to give you um, or they can also you know, make you save time by sharing what they did wrong and that you should absolutely not do. Um, <laughs> yeah, that happens too. And your family, of course, because, yeah, sometimes you don't realize that they are your 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 main supporters. And mm. It was quite moving because when I did my pre-sale campaign, I had uh, my aunties and my uncles who are really not, uh, you know, on the internet and yeah. they never buy online and <laughs> my clients had my cousins guiding them and they bought on the they bought the product they pre-ordered the products and they even left comments on my uh, on my page mm. and that was so moving seriously and and then you know that they are also spreading the word with with the with the rest of the, the family and the community the church or whatever so and people then, when they see what you do, they are in their communities, they feel so proud that they really want to spread the word. So, yeah, don't underestimate your first circle, your inner circle, friends, family. They are your first uh, and your biggest fans. No, definitely, definitely. But yeah, thank you for um, today. I feel really inspired um, just listening to the conversation, some of the nuggets you've given have been amazing oh, so I'm really, yeah I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy it we also have a separate treat for them yeah Teresa's well. the gift that keeps on giving the today. gift that keeps on giving we have um a 15% discount code um on products.coviskin.com 
Care's website and it's BWW15. And if you use that code, you will get a 15% discount off any products you buy from Cozy Skincare. So um, hurry up and use the code because I can't tell you how long it's going to last for. And you don't want to miss out because there's nothing worse than having a discount code that expires. So, um... and and we know the ethos behind the business. <laughs> We've spoken to the founder, and honestly, no. you and I—we're here. I, my product is in my handbag. Even the yes. foot cream, I've got Mister Man <laughs> onto. The packaging is now. This is the packaging, the packaging is, is fire. We're going to post some pictures. You get a little bag with the extra bits. It's wonderful. Yeah, we're feeling it. We're going to post, obviously post some pictures on our Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, you if you want to know more about Coba Skincare, you can always um, Google Coba Skincare. We'll put the details in the bio for the episode. And Coba, just to confirm, is spelled K-O-B-A. I forgot how to read just then. So it's Coba with a K. Um, yeah. But yeah, Therese, it's been so amazing to have you today with us. Um, and I just want to thank all of the listeners for listening. Um, just remember to please keep the conversation going on social media, using our hashtag and our um, social media as well, making sure you at us, ask us questions. I'm really, really encouraging everyone to just reach out to us with comments about the episodes. Let us know what you want to talk about. We're launching something very special at the beginning of next year. And so it'd be really, really good to hear from you. If you're a founder, get in touch. Yeah, because it'd be great to speak to as many people as possible because it's like it's like we kind of discussed, it's always about having that network of people that you can talk to that can speak to your experiences, but also steer you right in terms of avoiding certain things going down certain paths and also thinking about things in a very different way so um I think that's it from us today Chantelle oh. unless you have anything else you want to say no thank you thank you for launching this new segment oh. I'm really looking forward to speaking to founders and tell us thank you so much for joining us as our first, our first. and I'm really Yay, just thank you so much ladies. No, you're very welcome. And we're really excited to see what happens with Cova. And we will we'll keep in touch. And I don't know, maybe you're gonna be come back at um for a part two, you know, to tell us about how things are going, um, oh, the yeah. growth you've had, the that. new products. We'd love to love to have yeah. you back. But I think that's a It would be great us. if there's a female farmer in Congo repping the growth of the um saffoon fruits. <laughs> <laughs> Chantel always has to take it to that next level. That's why I All love her. Way. She doesn't stop. She always takes it from the root to the two. Oh, no, I'm joking. But um, <laughs> that's it for now. So we're just going to say bye and um, look out for the next episode of the Founders Edition. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye.